For the Climate Discussion Nexus, I'm John Robson with the latest readout video from our Wednesday Wake Up Email newsletter, to which you should subscribe, and with some bias from Canada's state broadcaster, to which you should not subscribe. Specifically, their policy of refusing to call Hamas terrorists. It was the focus of a controversy, including the Conservative Party trying to summon senior management to answer for it, and the Liberals and the other Social Democratic parties preventing them from doing so. This deranged sympathy for Hamas is a weird and highly disquieting phenomenon on the left, including Greta Thunberg, whose tweet endorsing Hamas reduced her yet further to being just another nasty woke drone. And over at the CBC, according to an internal memo, just because well-funded psychopaths organized themselves into a terrorizing force that deliberately murdered Jewish civilians and boasted about it doesn't make them terrorists. What we need is nuance, you see. So what's the connection with climate? Well, when it comes to global warming, they don't seem to have any such scruples. Instead, they run stories like, quote, people are losing their homes to wildfires. They are dealing with floods. Their loved ones are dying in extreme heat. Their houses are falling into the sea. Climate change is no longer theoretical, it's in our backyard, end quote. So, there you have it. People live-streaming themselves shooting up a music festival, raping women and beheading babies is only alleged by some on the right to be terrorism. But everybody knows that climate change is something only denied by those same right-wing losers. And the CBC isn't the only media outlet whose famous journalistic skepticism is completely forgotten on climate. According to Star Insider, quote, the impact of climate change and global warming is hitting humanity hard. It's also having grave implications for the natural world, not least Earth's fragile ecosystems. But if asked, how would you describe the consequences of climate change on everyday life? End quote? Well, since you asked, we'd say things keep getting better materially, with rising population, rising per capita income, rising life expectancy, and that sort of thing. But let us guess. That's not the answer that you were hoping for. Oh no. Instead, NBC, for instance, shrieks that, quote, wildfires, hurricanes, and heat. The U.S. is getting hit by extreme weather from all sides. Climate scientists say it's an all-too-real look at how global warming increases the risks and consequences of the deadly events, end quote. Activists also say stuff like, quote, it's time for us to realize we are being cooked, end quote, as if a person might plausibly overlook such a development if it were going on because they were too busy reading about, say, celebrity breakups. I mean, look, it's one thing to say we might be in the soup if we don't cut carbon emissions now, and quite another to rave that, quote, the era of global boiling has arrived, end quote, when it's 15 degrees Celsius outside. And then there's global news, in case you missed it, saying, quote, Something happened this summer. We all felt it. Day after day, new images emerged of the tropics and the Arctic on fire, devastating floods, droughts, and people fleeing their homes. If you didn't already feel consumed with dread, it certainly felt like, drumroll please, a tipping point, end quote. So, if you're not a nervous wreck because there's weather, again, you're an uncool loser. Oh, and you'll never guess, Michael Mann says we have one more final last chance to save whatever, this time for sure, absolutely the last, provided you buy his new book, which is available in hardcover for just $37 Canadian. And should we flub it again? Well, around 2028, one can expect some Penn State climate celebrity to pen a tome telling us we have, yeah, just this one more itty-bitty, urgent, teeny-tiny, now-and-ever opportunity. 
In the newsletter, we also point out that electric vehicle enthusiasts tend to ridicule claims that these green short-haul miracles are prone to bursting into devastating flames. But what's this? In Britain, quote, car park spaces should become wider to avoid electric vehicle EV fires spreading to other cars and buildings, according to new guidelines proposed to ministers, end quote. You know, just in case. And another thing, just as Canadian governments empty the piggy bank or the printing press to fund EV batteries, one hyped EV manufacturer after another scales back. For instance, quote, GM delays opening electric truck plant as EV demand slows, end quote, or else collapses completely. So, is it a good time to point out that if these investments turn out to be the usual industrial policy duds, there will be absolutely nothing that we can do to get the money back or even to chastise the smug politicians who made them on our behalf and then retired with lavish public sector pensions. And now, a word from our sponsor. And yes, again, that's you. All the people out there who are already backing our work and all the people who are subscribing, more than 84,000 of you on YouTube alone, where we've had almost 10 million views. But we need to keep up the momentum. And that's why I interrupt to pass the hat to those of you who aren't already backers and say, please make a pledge, one time or monthly, $3, $5, $10, whatever you can afford so we can continue to push back against the climate cult and win this battle. And now, back to me. And we ask, if a claim falls in a forest, does it make a sound? Because Canada's Department of Natural Resources, though not apparently its minister, admits that the 2 billion trees program will not actually plant, you know, 2 billion trees. But then the bureaucrats said, well, it was never really meant to. It's just this impression that people somehow weirdly got. So, we ask, who still thinks that these people, who can neither plant trees nor count them, can change the weather worldwide and get it just right? Finally, more climate blah, 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 as the conferences and promises never stop. This time, quote, the Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, opened the Canada-Caribbean Community, CARICOM Summit, Strategic Partners for a Resilient Future, hosted in Ottawa. Over the coming two days, leaders will advance shared work on fighting climate change, growing strong economies for the middle class, and strengthening regional security. During the summit, the Prime Minister will advance work to fight climate change and grow resilient economies, end quote. Don't any of these people have day jobs? Or video conferencing software? Or even a copy editor? Meanwhile, Reuters Sustainable Switch emails us that, quote, activists ramp up protests against fossil fuels, end quote. Well, not to inject data into a discussion on climate, but how do they know? Who counts the number, size, and intensity of protests worldwide and determines that they have ramped up, held steady, or even <gasps> declined slightly? Or possibly it's just part of the publicity machine, since that piece also has, quote, climate activist Greta Thunberg faces detainment by London police, end quote, and also that she, quote, has this year been detained by police or removed from protests in Sweden, Norway, and Germany, end quote. Right. But everybody knows, including the police taking part in this theatre and the journalists covering it, that she will face no consequences, unlike those who protest in ways that the state isn't secretly cheering on. It's part of this retreat from unfriendly reality into a world of fantasy in which leftists are brave dissenters and governments are running dogs of the capitalist fossil fuel class rather than being dominated by activists who just can't make their schemes work. 
In the newsletter, along those lines, we also ridicule a Globe and Mail article, quote, solar panel recycling industry taking shape in North America amid tsunami of waste, end quote, which somehow makes the huge, ugly environmental footprint of this supposedly green and renewable energy sound like an achievement. We say if that nasty pile of junk is the Green New Deal, you can have it. But here's something you can't have. Geoengineering. We talked last week about a proposal to refreeze the poles, which struck us as odd since last we checked they were still frozen. But the aspirations of geotinkerers don't end at messing with the Arctic and the Antarctic. There are all kinds of proposals out there from reflecting away sunlight to sucking carbon out of the air. And when people talk about the latter, they don't even seem to think what would happen to crops if we were partly successful. Or how bad could it get if the process works, but we lose control of it? A frightful outcome that's probably more likely with bioengineering than with mechanical schemes, but surely in either case is too terrifying to risk. And to her credit, we want to point out the Guardian's environment editor, Fiona Harvey, just did an expert say piece that actually warned against the practice. Sort of. It said, quote, Governments should place a moratorium on efforts to geoengineer the planet's climate as greenhouse gas emissions continue to rise and the climate crisis takes hold, a panel of global experts has urged. Geoengineering is highly controversial, but discussions of its feasibility are gathering pace as the impacts of extreme weather, driven by climate breakdown, grip the planet. There is no global agreement on geoengineering and no rules on what countries or businesses can do." End quote. And frankly, we're not big fans of global agreements like, say, that one that outlawed war in 1927. But we are fans of Ms. Harvey citing Pascal Leiby, who's a former head of the World Trade Organization and then chaired Britain's Climate Overshoot Commission, who said that we really need to keep an eye on geoengineering because some people might try it and if they're going to, we need to know what they're doing and how dangerous it might be. But who also, quote, warned of unintended consequences. Scientists could not say whether solar radiation management was safe and the precautionary principle should be applied, he said, end quote. Good for you, sir. Thank you for remembering it. And now, can we apply that same precautionary principle to the plan to wreck the energy basis of our economies in the hope of changing the weather? Because... That one might not be safe either. In the newsletter, we also note a piece from the Religion News Service complaining of unbelief, which might seem unremarkable, except they're not worried that people don't believe in God or spirits. They're worried that people don't believe in almighty climate change. Quote, On the same day Pope Francis issued a new call for climate change action, a group of mostly mainline Protestant and Jewish leaders launched a seven-year campaign to advocate for meaningful climate solutions. One Home, One Future is the latest multi-faith effort intended to engage congregations in caring for the earth. But a new survey released by the Public Religion Research Institute suggests that work won't be easy, end quote. See, regrettably, the flock, or what's left of it, are so exceptionally dim on this point that the shepherd needs to keep whacking them with his crock or something. A bit like the climate hammer that makes zealots see nails everywhere, even in autumn leaves. As for belief in the risen Christ, eh, give it a rest. We're reading from the book of Greta these days. In this week's newsletter, we also launch a new series looking at ECS in the real world. ECS being 
equilibrium climate sensitivity. That's the crucial absolute amount of temperature increase that is to be expected from any relative doubling of atmospheric CO2, on which we did a backgrounder video a few years ago. And in this series, our focus is on actual observations, not computer models. Now, these days, the latter, the models, say that ECS is somewhere between 1.8 degrees Celsius and 5.6 degrees Celsius, which is a pretty wide range, and it matters a lot, because economists say that if ECS is about 2 degrees Celsius or less, then global warming isn't a problem, and any kind of meaningful climate policy is not worth the cost. Well, that's what the models say, that's what the economists say. So, what does the climate say? Well, back in 2012, a group of climatologists led by Michael Ring of the University of Illinois crunched the historical numbers and concluded that if you use the NASA temperature data, then ECS is about 1.5 degrees Celsius. If you use the NOAA data, it's about 2 degrees Celsius. And if you use the HADCRUT data from the Climate Research Unit, it's about 1.6 degrees Celsius. So, at the bottom end of the range, and nothing to worry about. Despite which, the authors somehow concluded, perhaps with a covetous eye on research funding, that ECS being way lower than the alarmists thought was proof of their theory. So never mind what silly old data their research actually found. And frankly, we're kind of used to that approach. But now here's something really strange. In February 2023, a new study was published measuring what is colloquially called the greenhouse effect using satellite data covering 1983 to 2020 a period during which we all know that greenhouse gases went way up in the atmosphere, and we all know, thank you Al Gore, that these gases trap heat and roast the planet. But how exactly do they trap heat? Well, it works like this. Greenhouse gases are transparent to visible light coming in, so it goes straight through them, hits the Earth's surface, and warms it up. But then it gives off infrared long-wave radiation, and various greenhouse gases absorb that stuff and scatter it in all directions, some of it back to space, yes, but some of it back down to the Earth, further warming the surface. So, it stands to reason that as greenhouse gas levels go up, the amount of downward or downwelling long-wave radiation should be going up too. But, according to this data, it's not. The amount of downwelling long-wave radiation is actually going down. And that's remarkable, at least to those of us who still care more about what the facts say than what the models say that the facts ought to say. So, why is this greenhouse effect getting weaker, even if greenhouse gases are going up? It seems to be because of changes in water vapor and cloud cover. Because in the real world, as opposed to the artificial one inside the simplified climate models, greenhouse gases aren't even the control knob on the greenhouse effect, let alone global temperature. Finally, we dip into the CO2science.org archive for more on clouds, in the form of a study of satellite data looking at cloud reflectivity and related solar radiative forcing over the past two decades, and also of total clouds and total forcing, that's solar plus thermal. And for most of the period, a decline in total clouds was accompanied by warming. And then cloud cover began to rise. but you got more of the higher ones that tend to warm the planet and fewer of the lower ones that tend to cool it. And you'll notice here that once again, CO2 is not the driver, it's in the background. For the Climate Discussion Nexus, I'm John Robson, and I know an actual terrorist from a computer model simulation.